Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Open Mic Podcast. My name is Caroline. I'm a junior at Columbia University, and I'm so excited to be hosting this series where we'll be talking about school and life and everything in between. Each episode will feature a new topic and a different guest. And today, I'm so excited to be introducing my good friend, Ria Honda. Ria, thank you so much for being here with me today. Hi, Caroline. Thanks for having me. It's so nice to see you again. Do you want to give like a quick intro as to who you are and what we're going to be talking about today in this episode? Sure. Yeah. So hi, I'm Ria. I am a junior in Columbia College studying economics, and I'm also a violinist in the Columbia Juilliard Exchange. Yes. So talented, honestly. The first time, like I never knew there was like this Columbia Juilliard Exchange or like a like university plus like music university or college type of program until I met Rhea actually. And this was during NSOP. I feel like I meet a lot of people during NSOP. I feel like everyone meets a lot of people during NSOP. Um, And we both lived in Fernald. And so there was like this dorm specific event, right? With one of the RAs. And then they brought us down to Washington Square Park. And that was where I met Ria, I think, in like the subway station. Do you remember that? Yeah, no, I think we actually met in the subway. Yeah. Um, And then we just ended up walking around Washington Square Park together. And I think I like still have the selfies from that. But (laughs) um, yeah, and then we like ended up getting like crepes together. And then, yeah, that was how we met. Yeah, that was fun. That was like two and a half years ago. So it was crazy how time feels like yesterday. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then I, I don't know when I found out that you were Columbia Juilliard, but I was like so like in awe because you have to get into both Columbia and Juilliard, right? To do the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to talk about like how that works? Or I guess you're, you can start with like your journey through music first, if you want. Oh, sure. Where do we, where do we begin? Like, should we begin in me in high school or like? When did you start playing violin? Yeah, so I started when I was five. My mom is a pianist, and so, like, music was very, you know, omnipresent in my household, and I was interested in learning violin, so I tried it, and I was, like, pretty good at it, so I stuck with it, Um, and yeah, I ended up being super-duper passionate about it. That's so cool because I like I'm taking music home this semester and so I've been like finally understanding the different types of like the different like key players in in music history and so I've been watching I'm sure you know the channel two set or something yeah yeah they're like and then they I think they were reacting to this little girl who was like three years old and playing this mini violin. I could just imagine her mini Rhea like playing this tiny violin. Was it like, how does that work? Like, is it like a, exactly the same? They just shrink it essentially? It's like, I mean, yeah, it's like the same violin but they just have it in different sizes. So there's like, I think the smallest is 116. Maybe it's 124th. I don't know, but it's like 116th, 18th, a quarter, half. And it just like goes up until you grow into a full size. Oh my gosh, is it like based on volume 116th or just they just call it that? I think it's honestly pretty arbitrary. <laughs> um, but you like basically when you're little, your teacher's like, like has you like hold like a violin and then they're like, oh, you have long arms, you should get in one eight. Like it's like kind of pretty arbitrary, but um, yeah, it's basically how it works. Mm-hmm. When did you like know that you wanted to? 
pursue music in the future? Was it in middle school or was it like even earlier than that or in high school? Um, I think during like middle school or like elementary middle school, I was, I was really dedicated to violin and I was like, this is the only thing I see myself doing in the future. And I was like, I'm going to become a violinist. I'm going to become a soloist and like, I'm going to tour the world and that's going to be my future. Um, and that was kind of, I think I kind of had like tunnel vision at that point. Um, that was really all I was considering. But then when I entered high school, I think, you know, like the things that you learn in like high school become more engaging, you become closer to your friends and like, who are like maybe pursuing other things. And um, I think it was at that point that I was like, like, yeah, I, I do want to continue doing music and like, I will always be really dedicated to it. But I was like, that's maybe not the only thing that I can see myself doing in the future. And I think that's what attracted me so much to the Columbia Juilliard program because I knew that it wouldn't limit me to just um, music as a career or like as my future, yeah. That's really cool. Like what were your, did you have a music program in your high school that you were in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my high school, shout out to Nutria High School. Mm -hmm. um, we had an amazing music program and I was super involved in the orchestra and I really loved being in it. It was honestly like an amazing orchestra for a high school orchestra. Um, and I had a really great time. Um, but also on the weekends, I would go to this very rigorous pre-college music program. Um, and so basically like whenever I wasn't at school, I was like practicing or rehearsing with, you know, an orchestra or a chamber group um, or like taking theory classes and like that kind of thing. So that was, literally what I was doing like whenever I wasn't in school yeah wow that sounds so intense was it it was fun though right for you or was it was it considered fun do you think at that time it was fun but to be honest I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much if I like didn't have regular school to like balance it out and for me that was always really important that I had a life outside of music um, and I always felt like my violin playing was always enhanced by like I felt like it was just so much more meaningful when that wasn't the only thing that I was doing if that makes sense yeah um, yeah and so I think that's why the t by the time you know college applications and stuff rolled around I was like well should I pursue music or should I pursue something else like I don't know I'm like a very indecisive person and so it was like a very scary decision to make and yeah I think I like couldn't fully like settle on one or the other mm -hmm. um so I think yeah Columbia Jr. ended up being like perfect for me I guess there definitely needs to be a balance right you can't like force yourself to like only do one thing I mean if you like that that's like totally fine but then if you're you want to keep your options open and you kind of want to explore other things too. It's nice to have like two roads that you can take in the future. Yeah, because I think some people that go to a music conservatory for college, they're like, this is the only thing that I can see myself doing in the future. Like, I am destined to do this. Like, I think some people like have that mentality. And I certainly didn't when it came to violin. And 
during like high school I never really took the opportunity to like delve into like other subjects or like other like things that interested me like because I was always just so busy with violin and I was like if I don't take my undergrad years to like try different things and see if anything else like piques my interest as much as music like when am I going to do it if I don't do it during undergrad you know um because that's like the last time that I'm going to have this much freedom over like the trajectory that I want to go in Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of yeah I guess that's kind of how I ended up like in the program but it's really nice because a lot of people like come out of it as musicians and like join an orchestra or get master's degrees in music but there's also a lot of people that are like this like that for them it helps them decide that they don't want to go into music so some people go into like finance or decide to pursue like being a doctor or something on the other end like a lot of people end up in totally different um places and so it's really cool because I don't know like I'm in the program right now and I don't feel like I have to really choose yeah how many people are accepted for violin or I guess per instrument per year for Juilliard Mm -hmm. so there isn't really like a quota or anything um for the Columbia Juilliard exchange and so I know some years that have had three people I know my year had like 10 um but it like literally depends because I think they don't they don't take like a certain number of violinists a certain number of pianists like like they don't have anything like that so it kind of depends year to year um so I think it's like I think the program as a whole tries to keep it to under 30 though is what I have heard um like across the four four classes I think it ends up being like 20 something ish it's not that many it's very small (laughs) wait this is for the pro the combined program or is it just for like Juilliard as this is just for this is for the combined program for Juilliard um bachelors of music they take a lot more I mean still not still not as many as like Columbia because it's a small school but um that is just for the exchange Mm, gotcha did you know a lot of the people who are in the program now like did you know them from before is like the music community really close in high school um well the classical music community is like really small it's like really really small so it's like even if you don't know someone they'll be like a friend of a friend um and I actually did know a few people in the program um in the Columbia Juilliard Exchange when I applied because I like met them at international competitions or we like used to have the same teacher or something so I actually did know a few people and you know I reached out to them for like advice and like to get like a feel for for what it was like yeah it's a very small world so we all know each other yeah that's so cool I always feel like there's like this school friend group and then there's like a music friend group and then if you do like a sport there's like a sport friend group so I feel like that's like the different worlds and it's coming together in college I was an org dork in high school, so. Um, what do you call it? Org dork? <laughs> people still use that term. I feel like that's like a 2000s phrase, but I am a self-proclaimed org dork. You're like not only classical though, right? Because you're in Pops, which is, do you want to explain what Pops is? 
Sure, yeah. So I'm in a club called Columbia Pops. And we basically, it's completely student run. And we're a pops orchestra that's um, made up of students, conducted by students. Um, and all the music is arranged by students. And it's um, basically arrangements of like film music, game music, anime music, like anything that's like non-classical really. And yeah, so I've been involved in that since my freshman year. So that's been really fun. And it was honestly kind of my first interaction with like non-classical playing. So it like, it was kind of scary. It still is kind of scary, but it like really made me like get out of my comfort zone. And it's honestly been super fun. Yeah. Are you guys still arranging virtually? Um, Kind of, it's definitely a lot harder because when we're in person, we work towards like our showcase or, you know, events like Lunar Gala, KSAX, um, Days on Campus, that kind of thing. So since we don't have that, it's been a little harder. And it's like, you know, it's like, it's based in the fact that you like are in the same room and like play together. So when you can't do that, it is definitely tricky, but you know, we're, we're trying to make it work. How different do you think classical playing is from pops playing? I think they're both hard. Like, I think they have their own challenges. But I think with, like, classical music, I think it can have a reputation of being, like, you have to be, like, correct and, like, you have to play what's on the page, which is true. But I think it's more just, like, um what you listen for in your playing. So like, I find that when I'm practicing repertoire for like my Juilliard teacher or competitions and stuff, it's like, I have to be a lot more sensitive and nuanced about what I'm looking for. Whereas if it's like for pops or something, it's more about like, it's a lot more big picture. Like it just kind of has to, hype up an audience and it has to like be enjoyable to listen to you know so I feel like the end goal is like different you know you were president right of pop no I was I was um president of popsicles which is like a sub it's like a branch of Columbia Pops that does more like small group chamber music stuff oh nice nice do they teach you in Juilliard how to compose if you're in the violin program yeah, so actually, when you're in the Columbia Juilliard Exchange, you don't take any classes at Juilliard. I think it's mainly a scheduling issue. Um, I think that's like the main reason why you can't take classes at Juilliard. But yeah, you just have lessons which count for Columbia credit. You can also attend studio classes and you can um, participate in chamber music, which also, if you do it, counts for Columbia credit. And you also like get access to the practice facilities there and the classrooms and stuff. Um, but you actually don't take any classes at Juilliard. I think that's kind of one of the misconceptions that are kind of out there about the Columbia Juilliard Exchange because um, you actually don't do that much at Juilliard. Like you're more a full-time Columbia student. Gotcha. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Do you still yeah. make Juilliard friends there? Do you meet new people there? To be 100% honest, not really. I feel like I do have friends. I do actually have a lot of friends at Juilliard, but they're mainly friends that I know from outside of 
like the regular school year, if that makes sense. So like maybe I'll know them from like a summer program or I might know them from like going to an international competition together. Um, but I think during the year, it can be kind of lonely. That sounds bad, but it's it's really just like you commuting down to Juilliard from Columbia and like going to your lesson and then coming back and stuff. So you don't have a ton of time to hang out at Juilliard. So unless you participate in like chamber music or become closer to the people in your private teacher's studio, I don't think there's that many opportunities to make friends at Juilliard. So I feel like, I mean, like without a doubt, I am closer to the people at Columbia. What does a day in your life look like? When do you usually have Juilliard classes or training and how does that balance into your Columbia schedule? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the thing with practicing is that you, the nice thing is that you have a lot of flexibility in terms of when you want to practice, obviously, because um, it's just like you practicing. Um, but the like reality of it is that it's like being on a sports team. Like you have to consistently do it every day. Um, like you can't just practice the night before your lesson and like wing it. So um, you have to consistently practice every day. And so that can be quite challenging at Columbia because obviously like the workload is pretty heavy. Um, and so it's definitely challenging juggling that, but I think my day in the life has been different since being at home, but like I'll do a day in the life on campus. Usually I'll have classes in the morning from like 8.40 or 10.10. I'll have maybe like two or three classes. Um, and in between I'll like go to the closest libraries and get some work out of the way. And then like I'll eat lunch. I might have another class um, or if I don't like I'll go practice but usually there's stuff in the afternoon and then um, I end up usually starting to practice at like four or five or six and then I'll practice for a few hours go grab dinner maybe come back and do another hour or two um, and then like 9 or 10 p.m. I'll start studying yeah, and then I'll go to bed at like one. <laughs> oh my goodness. I didn't know that your schedule was so much practice. Like two or three classes already. Like I feel like you would already feel like so tired after that, especially if you're starting at 840. Yeah. Sometimes my afternoon is just napping, honestly. I try to aim for like two to three hours a day when I'm at school, but mm. it definitely ends up being more like, sometimes it's like one hour on a good day like three to four hours yeah gotcha gotcha and that's like every day right mostly yeah that's like every day honestly if I'm practicing three to four hours I'm probably preparing for something mm. um but if I'm not preparing for something it'll be like like one or two okay gotcha and you start studying at like 10 p.m <laughs> I do I do start studying at like 10 p.m yeah it's kind of okay like that's kind of when I'm most productive how does um traveling down to Juilliard work is that usually on like a Friday where you don't have that many classes? Yeah, so actually for me, my lessons have always been on Friday because um, my teacher knows that I don't have classes on Friday. So I'll take the subway down, I'll take the one down um, to 66th and then I'll go to my lesson and then come back. 
but um, I think that depends on what you work out with your teacher. I know some people have lessons on the weekends or like Wednesdays or something, but yeah, I've been really lucky because my lessons have been on Fridays. How long is the travel time in case people haven't taken the subway before? Mm-hmm. Um, the travel time is honestly pretty close. It's like 15 minutes. I remember one time I had a class that like went over something and, or maybe it was a recitation and I like had to get to my lesson, but it was like, it was like my lesson was at two and then it was like 1.36 or something. And I was like, this is such a time crunch. I was like in the subway station, like on 116th, like by Columbia. And I was like, oh my God, I like don't have any time. But then I like measured it and I got there in like 15 minutes. If you're lucky with like train times, it can be very close. Yeah. Gotcha. And how long does that lesson last before you have to come back? Um, so lessons are an hour. Do you think that Juilliard, I guess, level of strictness or of like precision or accuracy when you're playing? How does that compare to when your experience in high school orchestra? Ooh, I think that's a little bit hard for me to say since I'm not super involved at Juilliard since I haven't like I can't play in the orchestra Mm -hmm. um that's the other thing you can't do orchestra at Juilliard but just like based on the people I know and like the people in my violin studio the level of playing at Juilliard is like so so high obviously it's different from high school because like that's what everyone's there for like everybody is there to like play their instrument yeah everybody's really good (laughs) and like Like, I feel like Juilliard is, like, famous for a reason. Like, there's a reason why it's so renowned. And, yeah, like, everybody's so good. And it's just, like, wow, why am I here? (laughs) I bet everyone's thinking that about you, too. But, yeah. (laughs) I was going to ask, what are some, like, I I think you mentioned, like, some things that people think are true about the program that are not true. Are there other aspects that you want to share, like, might be misconceptions or people just don't know much about? Yeah, I think, you know, I kind of covered this a little bit already, but when I talk to people about the exchange, I think that when you just read it in words, like the description of it in words, it can seem like it is Mm -hmm. 50-50 in terms of like the Columbia Juilliard balance. And that's just not true. (laughs) Um, I I didn't have that expectation going into it because I knew people in the program and I heard that that wasn't the case, so I knew about it, but I think it's very easy to think that it's like 50-50 and that you'll have a community at Juilliard and a community at Columbia, but the truth is you're a Columbia student, um, you have a full course load, you still have to complete the core, you still have to complete um, a major or a concentration, and like all the requirements are the same, and your Columbia professors are not going to care that you're in Juilliard. Um, Like they're going to still, you know, have the same standards for you. Um, And you're obviously going to be living at Columbia. And that means that you're definitely going to be more so a Columbia student than a Juilliard student. I feel like the Juilliard part of my identity is really more just like on paper, like I have a student ID, I can sign into practice rooms. Like I take lessons there, but like other than that, I feel like I'm very much a Columbia student. Um, and so I think that's very important for people to know because if you want to like be immersed in 
a community of really accomplished musicians and you like I don't know like want to talk about like Mahler symphonies in your free time like I mean you can do that with people at Columbia but if you want to like fully immerse yourself in just like music and musicians and like arts then like I don't know if like Columbia Juilliard is like maybe like the way to go um so I think that's one thing to maybe like note. I think also it's important to note that it's not a double degree program. The Columbia Juilliard Exchange itself doesn't get you two degrees. It's not like being a double major at like Northwestern and like being in School of Music. Like this is different. <laughs> um, there is an option for you to pursue like the accelerated bachelor's slash master's track and get two degrees in five years, um, but you make that decision in your junior year at Columbia with your advisor, um, and then you, like, apply for the master's program at Juilliard, but, but, like, doing the Columbia Juilliard Exchange itself does not get you two degrees, or, like, doesn't get you, like, two bachelor's degrees, if that makes sense. Is that mostly true at a lot of the combined programs? Like, you mentioned the Northwestern one. That one was, like, two degrees, right? Are there like other programs that have similar similarities to Columbia versus like Northwestern? Northwestern, like that's like, that's like two degrees. Um, same with like Case Western and, and uh, Cleveland Institute of Music, that's like two degrees. Um, I would say ones that are similar to the Columbia Juilliard Exchange would be like the Yale BAMM, BMMM program. <laughs> or the Harvard New England Conservatory um, Exchange. Um, so those are like the like similar ones, I guess. I'm not sure about like the nuances for those two, but I think those also um, get you a bachelor's and a master's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there a benefit to, like since the Columbia Juilliard program only gives, like you only get a bachelor's from Columbia, right? And not from Juilliard, is there a benefit to for example, like doing the Northwestern program where you get two bachelor's degrees, one in non-music and one in music? I think it really depends on like what you want in the future and also just like what, how you want your college education to like look like. I obviously can't speak for other schools, but I guess when I think about the workload at Columbia, I think it'd be impossible to like do like a bachelor's of music alongside the expectations of Columbia undergrad. Like, I feel like that's just not possible. I think it depends on what you wanna do. Like if you wanna get like an orchestra job straight out of college, maybe it might be better for you to also have like a bachelor's of music under your belt. But I don't think it matters like that much to be honest, yeah. But I don't know, maybe employers think differently. I'm not sure. Well, the programs where you get two bachelors, I guess that would be like more of the 50-50 balance, right? In case people are looking for that. Yeah, for sure. I think that is definitely um, a good thing to know. Yeah, I think it would be more 50-50 because you would be taking classes in the music major or like whatever instrument you play. Um, I, you'd be like more involved in that part of it. So I think you do want like that 50-50 balance, then yeah, I think that's probably maybe a better fit. Looking at the Columbia Juilliard program, right? It looks like it's 50-50, but so I would have also thought that it would be like 50-50, like you were saying, but it's interesting to note that it's more of a Columbia 
centric experience yeah no I think I think for sure it like definitely adds to your experience at Columbia but like you're still getting the full Columbia experience and then Juilliard is just something to kind of like it's like the whipped cream and cherry on top it's just like something that like makes your experience at Columbia like better and like more enriching you're still getting the full Columbia yeah yeah (laughs) gotcha gotcha yeah and so how did also the dual acceptance thing work like if you do you apply to Juilliard and Columbia at the same time in short you submit applications to the two schools separately and those applications are on their respective timelines and um, they follow their respective processes so for example um, for Juilliard you have to go through the regular application process for bachelors of music basically so you submit your pre-screenings by December 1st um, you get notified about your audition in February, you audition in March, um, and then that's the timeline for that. And then there's the Columbia application that is on its own timeline. So you can apply early if you want, or if you're applying regular, then it's just your like common app that's due January 1st. So you basically have to do two applications. And how it works is that Juilliard sends you an acceptance and then Columbia sends you an acceptance. And then I think Columbia sends you an acceptance into the dual program. So technically, I guess it's like three acceptances. That's how my academic advisor described it. So you you basically have to get into Juilliard and then get into Columbia and then get into the dual program. But for your applications to both schools, you indicate that you're interested in Columbia Juilliard Exchange. So like when they look at your application, they know that you're interested in that program, but they're still going to like evaluate your application based on like the respective schools, like own standards and criteria. If there were no such program and you like got into both Columbia and Juilliard, I feel like that's re- it's really hard to choose between the two, right? Depending on what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I think for like us musicians, like what's most important is that like we have a private teacher who is really good and really dedicated. I think the main like appeal of Columbia Juilliard is that like you can continue to work with these like world-class renowned like music teachers like faculty and you can continue to work with them on a regular basis while still getting a Columbia education you know and I think that's kind of like the, the best part of it. That, I think like the fact that you don't have to give up your training on your instrument in order to pursue an education in a non-music area is like pretty cool. I mean, I don't know much about classical training, but I guess a private teacher is really important, right? Because you need that person kind of as your mentor or your guide, at least to get you where you want to go. Your private teacher, like, definitely tells you how to play things um, and like how to become a better musician, but also they're so integral for career guidance um, or like competitions, performances, like how to prepare, what what pieces to play. They're just such an essential part of like your growth as a musician. Um, If you decide to like pursue it seriously, it's like you have to have a good teacher. And it's like, it would be much harder to do that just on your, on your own if you just like 
like if you were just a Columbia student and you were like, hey, can I have lessons? I think it's like a you can develop like a closer relationship if you're you know tied to something like the Columbia Juilliard Exchange where like you're technically a student, a student at Juilliard too, you know? Yeah, I think that's definitely a huge plus being like a student, like enrolled as a student at Juilliard, having access to the mm-hmm. resources. Yeah. And like the faculty like know what it is. So I think you know, it depends like teacher to teacher, but I know that for my teacher personally, like his standards are not any lower for me because I'm in the exchange. Like he still expects just as much as me as from his other students. And like, I really appreciate that because mm-hmm. I feel like I can still be competitive on that caliber of playing, even if I'm at Columbia, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. You need the challenge. Like, the, the, like having someone push you or having someone who you know is not going to cut you slack motivates you to like look towards the future of having like music as potentially as your career. Is that something that you, you're still thinking of, like pursuing music after graduation? Yeah, that's, that's my plan. I hope to get like a master's in music um, and then we'll see where that takes me. <laughs> but I think, yeah, college was like a really helpful period um, to figure out what direction I wanted to go in because I, I definitely did not know when I started college. You mentioned that the master's program, you have to decide by your junior year, right? The way that it works is if you want to get your bachelor's and master's in five years, um, you have the option of applying for your master's early at the end of your junior year. Um, I think you need to have like a certain number of credits done and like your advisor needs to approve it. But you can also, like a lot of people also decide to like just do four years at Columbia and then two at Juilliard. So I would definitely not say it's the norm to do the accelerated track maybe half and half, maybe slightly less people do the accelerated track, but a lot of people appreciate like having the full four years at Columbia. That usually gives you more time to do like a major and a minor or take like random classes. And so I think a lot of people like appreciate that. So many people opt for that too. Personally, um, trying to do the accelerated track. So like, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Does that mean that you're cramming two years of master's education into one, or do you start master's classes in your senior year at Columbia? Yeah, it's the latter. You start the master's of music curriculum at Juilliard during your senior year. Does that mean you're almost done with your econ major requirements, that you can do that? I am. I am very, I am very close. Oh, nice. And you're like done with like the core too, right? I am done with the core. Oh my gosh, Ria, I don't know how you're doing that. <laughs> okay, that's awesome though. You get to like save one year of your life or your education. <laughs> I, I know, right? I was just like, <laughs> I don't know. It feels wild that I'm like already like almost done with college. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And they just announced, I mean, they announced graduation plans for class of 2021 and we're class of 2022. So yeah, oh, so fast, so crazy. Yeah. yeah. What other extracurriculars or clubs are you involved in outside of classes? So I know I, I mentioned Pops, so love Pops. Um, and then I'm also in the orchestra. So I'm in Columbia University Orchestra, um, which is honestly fun. It's really fun because the repertoire is always really good. I'm also pretty involved in my sorority. I'm an AOPI and I'm VP Finance for that. So that's been fun. Orchestra was really kind of more like a 
like a chill time for me <laughs> like it was like when everything like else would melt away and I would just like become a little like violin playing amoeba that was just kind of like <laughs> I was just kind of like you know like melting into everything else and like everyone else. What are some of your other favorite New York City activities to do? I'm not an artsy person, but like I like things like related to the arts, I guess. So, um, you know, since it's so close, I definitely love like going to see ballets and operas. And um, like last year, I went to see The Nutcracker. I've gone to see The Nutcracker. I've gone to see Sleeping Beauty. I've gone to see a few concerts at like with the New York Phil. Yeah, going to like stuff in Lincoln Center is really fun. It's it's just like kind of surreal that it's like so close because it's like what, like 15, 20 minutes away, but you're like literally seeing like the best ballet performances or like the best like concerts that like exist. It's just like surreal. I feel like it was like when I was on campus it felt so surreal that like I had these things at my access and like so yeah that was really fun what else I just like Christmas a lot like the holiday and I really enjoy like going to all the Christmas markets so like Columbus Circle, Union Square, Bryant Park holiday time and like Christmas markets are I love (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. Oh, I did have a question about music and about you're mentioning your auditions. How does auditioning and being a musician work? <laughs> oh, interesting question. Um, it really, it really depends. Um, but usually if I'm like auditioning for something, yeah, like maybe it might be for a position in like an orchestra or something. Or it could be like for like a summer program. Yeah, it can really vary. Can I ask like what summer programs? Is that like during undergrad or more during high school? Yeah, during high school, I did, I went to Meadowmount. I went to Heifetz. I did some things in Europe. During college, I did Heifetz Institute of Music. I've been doing something that's like music related pretty much every summer. Would you want to do a summer internship that is like more econ related than music related? You know, that's something that I definitely thought about and still think about a lot. I think that, you know, at Columbia, everybody's very driven. Everybody's like very motivated. And a lot of people do like internships and stuff for their field of study related to their field of study. During my freshman year, I think a lot of my friends were doing that and I like there was a part of me that was like, should I be doing that too? Like, I feel like I'm like not as accomplished or not as successful because I'm not doing those things. And it was a little bit paralyzing. Like it was kind of scary, but I think like now I, after spending a few years at Columbia, I'm like, no, like, I don't think anything really excites me as much as playing violin and like doing music. So I think like for me personally, I probably won't. I mean, we'll see. But like for now, I don't think I will be doing anything else during the summer. Only because like during the year, you can only practice so much and like you can only do so much with your instrument because like school. But like during the summer, it's just like you have a lot more freedom in terms of like time. So it just seems like it just seems like a waste to like not take that opportunity. I think that's kind of why I've like been drawn to like doing music related things during the summer. 
I mean, it makes sense because of what you want to do in the future too. Like you want to pursue music. So it doesn't definitely makes sense that you do music over the summer. Does it, I was thinking while you were saying like summer music camp, is it kind of like camp rock except classical? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I always like, I remember, I think like during high school or maybe even during college, I would joke and I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to band camp. Because <laughs> um, like, what's the difference, right? Um, no, but I've actually never seen Camp Rock. Really? Yeah. Oh Wait, I like watched it, rewatched it so, like more times than I care to admit. That's kind of surprising. Okay. I would think it's maybe like, I don't know if it's as, as spicy as Camp Rock. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure it's the same idea. It's like you, you play music together. Does yeah. it culminate in a final jam? Yeah, sometimes it does culminate in a final concert. We don't call it a final jam, but we should. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different world that I never really, like, imagined. But, I mean, there's, like, a whole world of music that I need to learn more about. So we can do, like, Colombia-specific questions. We usually end yeah. off on that. First question, what is your favorite dining hall and your favorite residence hall? I was thinking about this a little bit earlier today, and I would have to say JJ's not because their food is the best but JJ's is just such a like special place I think that's so like unique to Colombia um because um well I don't know if like the people watching this know but JJ's is like open 24 hours a day and so you can like go there in the middle of the night or like you can go at like 6 a.m or something um and it's just like has such a special place in my heart because JJ's is where I would go after studying with my friends at like midnight or like at like 3 a.m. after like going out with my friends or sometimes I would wake up at like six in the morning and go to JJ's and order like an omelet with a piece of toast and then eat that while I was studying because like in the morning like nobody's at JJ's it's like it's like it's a vibe it's really it's so empty and so nice um so sometimes I would like hang out there for a few hours studying and stuff yeah, shout out to like JJ's um, mod sticks because I miss I miss those things. <laughs> what would be a residence hall that you want to live in for senior year? Yeah, I would like to live in East Campus um, because everyone has singles, which is nice. Yeah, I feel like East is it's kind of like JJ's. It's like it's just a, such a distinct. It's just like a, it has a distinct thing that I can't put into words. It's the JJ's and residence hall. That's a that's a funny. I never thought of it that way. That's true. And it has really nice views. What about your favorite Columbia tradition? I think surf and turf is so cute and I think it's so fun. Sometime during the spring, Columbia has this thing called surf and turf um, and they basically serve like steak and lobsters and shrimp. Do you remember, did you go like two years ago when they served it on like frisbees? I think I had class. Or like maybe, I think I, had, I always have like chem or like a STEM class at night. So I always, oh. like I miss food fight. I miss surf and turf. So sad. But maybe oh. senior year, we'll see. Food fight is a good one. Ooh, I should have said food fight. Okay, well food fight is also really good. I think I went both my freshman and sophomore year. Either one of them was like very big deal to me because Alex Kernishelli from um, Food Network was there mm -hmm. and I remember I got a picture. <laughs> I was like really excited about it. Do you identify more with alma mater or Rory? Oh, good question. I identify more with 
with Rory, to be honest. Alma just has like such a stable presence that I, I don't have. So <laughs> I kind of identify with like the energy, the yeah. I agree. I think you're very you're very like outgoing. Or maybe like when I whenever I see you, it's like during spirited times. So I associate you with Rory. Yeah. I'm excited to see you. And I'm like, Caroline. <laughs> Well, Ria, I think that's a good note to end off on. Yeah, thank you so much, Ria. Is there anything you wanted to plug or anyone you wanted to shout out from the musical community or anything like that? Yeah, no, shout out to just like the exchange program in general for, you know, having a, a place to go for indecisive people like like me. I, I really appreciate this option and I've been enjoying it. So, um, yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Ria. And when we, on this podcast, we end off with a virtual high five. Three, two, one. Clap. Yay. Okay. So thank you everyone for listening. If you are watching this on YouTube as a video podcast, then be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're listening to this on any other podcast streaming platform, then be sure to like and follow as well. And thank you, Ria, again, for being here and sharing your experiences. And thank you to everyone. And we will see you in the next episode. Goodbye.